0: Here's a little fun fact. Did you know that for over five years, I taught thousands of people at hundreds of different events, both in person and online, how to grow their businesses? And I did this for Google. And now I want to do it for you. I'm offering up some special complimentary coaching opportunities for a few lucky wise squirrels. Visit wisequirrels.com coaching. Welcome to Why Squirrels, the podcast for late diagnosed adults with ADHD. I'm your host, Dave Delaney. I've always been very hyper-focused on creating content. I get an idea and I write the blog post or launch the podcast or create the post on Instagram or, you know, insert idea here. And that has also made my content rather scattered over the years. And when I was diagnosed with ADHD this year, I did it again. I launched this website and this podcast, Wise Squirrels. I've always been a big proponent of social media, certainly in the earliest days. I like being transparent. I like sharing what I'm learning so that others can also benefit from that knowledge that I consume and then share. It's the purpose of why I started Why Squirrels. I started it as a place for me to learn about this, but also for you, and I hope you are enjoying it. I really do. The best way you can let me know is by letting me know. If you have ADHD, you probably crave feedback like I do. And it's one of the biggest things about creating content is this craving and need for feedback. Because the truth is, I don't know how I'm doing. I don't know how this show is benefiting you, if it's benefiting you. I've had one review in Apple on Apple Podcasts from Seth. And thank you, Seth. I appreciate that. I really do. And so what I'm asking for today is for you to please take a moment and leave me a review. Let me know how I'm doing. And if reviews are not your jam, that's okay. If you email me, hello at ysquirrels.com, or you can hit me up on social media, just go to wisequirrels.com under the more button. You'll find the social media button, and that's where you can find all the links to our social profiles, but without feedback, I don't know how I'm doing, and without feedback, I'll probably end up quitting. I have a habit of that, and and maybe you do too. Maybe you've rushed to start things be hyper-focused, be creative, all that good stuff, and then realize, what am I doing here? Or maybe running out of steam on it. I love what I'm doing here, and I love learning about this. I mean, certainly for myself. I like to learn publicly. I like to share what's going on. And so that's the purpose of what I'm doing with Y squirrels, and I encourage you to do the same. I mean, we're all in this together, assuming you are also a late diagnosed adult with ADHD like me, or maybe you're somebody who thinks they might have ADHD, but don't know. And if you don't know, Uh, I created uh, a link on YSquirrels.com that has an ADHD assessment. Of course, you have to talk to a doctor first and foremost, but you can take the assessment and see for yourself what those findings are like, and they certainly uh, will help you in communicating this with your doctor. All right, I'm going to shut up and keep talking. (laughs) So this is a quick reminder that the content provided in this podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. I am not a medical professional, so always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider regarding any medical condition, including ADHD. Reliance on any information provided by this podcast is solely at your own discretion, All right, today's episode is a deep dive into the world of ADHD and coaching and life coaching. I'm excited to introduce our special guest, Cindy North from Empower M3. Cindy is an experienced ADHD life coach and she's here to share her insights into managing ADHD and she breaks down misconceptions and she shares uh, strategies for success. Let's get on with the show. First of all, I'm excited to speak with you because, you know, obviously the, the goal of this podcast is to help, you know, other late diagnosed adults with ADHD. So, Cindy, tell me a little bit about your your practice, your business uh, with Empower M3.
1: So thanks, Dave, so much for having me on the podcast, Wise Squirrels. I love the work that you're doing here to help bring this community together. Mm -hmm. Um, So my business is called Empower Me. It's where I bring three, um, the three things together, your head, heart, um, with the coach partner to help you get where you want to go. I help ADHDers um, as early as teens, uh, college students on up. Um, Recently, uh, business professionals just really looking to Move their symptoms towards um, strategies that, that can work for them. Uh, a lot of times there's that stigma behind, the, especially those who are late diagnosed of, you know, how, how their brain works differently. And I, I really try hard to um, help my clients, you know, utilize their you know, their best strengths to shore up the the struggles they might be having just to move from that chaos way of living towards more freedom, ease and flow, uh, pairing some positive intelligence work that I do um, just with my, you know, continued desire to understand ADHD and what it does to this community and, and how to serve them. So it's been a, an absolute pleasure uh, becoming a coach and working with such amazing people and I want them to feel amazing. So a lot of them don't come to me feeling that way, but hopefully by the time they've, they've gone through the process of coaching, they have been able to, to kind of attain that for themselves and an absolute joy.
0: How long have you been coaching now?
1: I've been coaching for three years mm-hmm. and um, got certified through the ICF and with my ACC and then recently through Positive Intelligence. Um, I really believe in having that certification background and showing, you know, how I believe in ethics and and the uh, standards of coaching and really wanting to provide expertise for my clients. And, you know, three years isn't that long, but each client that I work with is teaching me more and hopefully they're learning more in such a great collaboration and partnership. And I look forward to doing it for many, many years to come.
0: And you're a 13 and 17 year olds. Both mm-hmm. were diagnosed with ADHD, right? Correct. Was yeah. it was this what kind of got set you along the along the path to doing this? Uh, tell me about that.
1: Absolutely, I, I had you know jumped through all the hoops, you know, starting with like nutrition, diet changes, um, trying to find out if that could help, you know, CBT, so cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, we did family therapy. We did you know OT. Um, I, I jumped through all the hoops before medication as mm-hmm. a mom, being feeling so responsible for the choices I made for my kids because they were young at the time. Mm-hmm. you know i I knew things were different from the first grade teacher telling me, but didn't get diagnosis until five, you know fifth grade. So it took a long time for my son and then for my daughter. I was very aware of what was going on, but it—it still the process of getting diagnosis, you know, with, with getting into professionals and everybody on board still took, you know, two and a half years for her. It—it mm. um, it was that that then led me to coaching. Like I needed something else, and so I started parent coaching. And mm. then the parent coach said, "Hey, you know, there I—I I don't typically work with you know, children this young, but I'm willing to do it with you because I can see." how invested you are and what you know and so we started that and then she's like well why are you not coaching mm. you know you should become a coach and i never thought about it i had worked with kids and and worked with the adhd population prior to to this and mm. so it just became the glove that fit and it happened very quickly. And I absolutely it was the journey, you know, it just happened.
0: It's such an interesting thing, too. Like a lot of a lot of coaches I've spoken to have mentioned that have have talked about how, yeah, it was it was either other coaches or a therapist or people that they were seeing, who recommended they try, they become a coach, which is interesting. Like, and I, I love how supportive that is. So from a parenting coach, kind of led you on this path in a way.
1: Yeah. I mean, and I don't, I wouldn't have known about it. I wanted, I didn't know about it. It took me forever to even find out that there was coaching. I still have clients today that will say, I just learned about coaching. I think it's becoming a lot more prevalent. But when I, you know, even five years ago, when I was starting to dive into it, I did not know about ADHD life coaching. It was not something I probably would have tried this way earlier as a parent. Like, so I could have mm. had the support um, had I known that I could have had that partnership because I needed it back then. And then when the coach said, hey, you know, recognize that's such an affirmation to have somebody else see something in you and then you go on to do it. So it definitely was that spark that lit a a serious fire in me.
0: Yeah. And I'm curious, like of your adult uh, adults with ADHD clients, tell me a little bit about not obviously naming names, but but as far as who they are in the sense that like i I've, I've been fascinated you know and i look i ask these questions regarding myself here too but i believe i believe the statistic is that like you are two, i think it's 200 times more likely to start a business if you have adhd Mm -hmm. And that like we look at all these different entrepreneurs, successful entrepreneurs, Richard Branson is, Mm -hmm. is the first one that comes to mind who has been outspoken about his own diagnosis with ADHD. Do you find that too with your adult clients? Are they business owners, entrepreneurs?
1: They are. I mean, even the ones that are within businesses, like say they work for somebody, they still typically have something else they're fostering, you know, some other project Mm. that they're, they're growing. Um, or putting in front of people that are you know those important people that need to see this new thing that's you know that they an idea that they've come up with yeah. um, but absolutely i I see that um very creative mind is coming out in in my clientele that I see and absolutely you know I, I think that's what's so fascinating is to to help them find the skills to make that work for them. Mm-hmm. Because being an entrepreneur, you are, you're wearing a lot of hats if you're you know, not putting feelers out into other areas to have people doing it for you. Mm. Um, and if you don't have some of those executive functioning skills, it can become a real challenge to get your great ideas or get your wonderful business to thrive. And, and that's where I get to come in and kind of pick away at, okay, what is getting in the way of this being, you know, really truly meeting its greatness.
0: And what are the, some of the, those challenges that you find with, uh, with folks, you know, maybe some common challenges that they're faced with and, and some strategies to help cope with those, those challenges?
1: You know, I think it's for the, the struggles I see is getting the idea, like if you've got those idea makers, getting an idea made and out there is not the hard part. It's then initiating and executing it through and making like the everyday work ma- manageable so that they can then move that, that new business or move that idea up the pipe so that it it can be profitable for them. Hmm. It's that ability to stay motivated on something. When things, you know, when maybe that shiny new object is not as exciting, like then planning comes in where they got to start putting the pieces together, you know, being organized through their thoughts because sometimes the ideas just come in, you know, they're they're all over the place grasping Hmm. them. Um, So it's that, it's time management. It's, you know, being able to, Forecast and see the things that could be coming, you know, from in the future place instead of that, like, either now or never, um, mm. really being able to execute on that. And, you know, not always using procrastination to ignite them, like doing the, you know, the pro, you know, getting a project put together at the very last minute, because they're running on adrenaline, then instead of, you know, because that's exhausting, eventually. Mm. um, to keep that pace. And I think that's where the, you know, individuals I work with, you know, when they come to me, they're at that exhausted place and they're, they're completely have such ability inside, but they're, they're using it in a, a misfit way that is not letting them get to their peak performance.
0: Mm, are there common things that you do? Like what's, what's an an activity or, or a tactic that you recommend they do to kind of improve their, their focus and, you know, stay on task?
1: So one thing, you know, with coaching, it's very individual. So, Mm -hmm. you know, aside from me offering ideas and, and tactics or strategies, usually we're really working through what works for the individual and figuring out how their brain is, you know, managing through the day. So we first start with what the day is like. So we become much more aware. Um, I think the first key element to understanding, you know, how to get a tactic in place is to understand what you're doing first. Hmm. And so we work a lot on initially on self-awareness, just becoming aware of the habits that that the individual has, you know, kind of bringing that to the to the forefront. Because a lot of times we just do and don't even realize, like when we get stuck and uh, an hour's gone by and we we thought it was like 10 minutes because we're hyper focused and don't realize. Hmm. Um. So it's becoming, you know, so it's a lot of that of like really starting to record and recognize what we're doing and then sometimes bringing in other key people that are in our lives like to help us do, be a detective. So it's that um, ability to be a detective without judgment is a huge piece of this. It's, hmm. it's not to bring out the negative thinking of there I go again or um, I did that, you know, uh, getting that shame built up. It's none of that. It's all in just what do we know now and what do we do next? So then identifying the habits that an individual has, like first sleep, do they, are they up in the morning or are they sleeping in? Um, so when are their peak brain hours? Really understanding that piece so then we can start building in the tactics. And as far as like suggesting tactics, usually that comes when they're like completely at the end of like their ability to be creative with themselves, like to know what works. Like sometimes I might suggest like for an example i had a client who was really trying to get things done and so you know we talked about lists and we talked about planners and you know which is all the regular go-to things and ultimately she came up with using a dry erase marker on a mirror to put the three things that she wanted to get done and she would see it every time she went in there and it was the their easy reminder and i can tell you i wouldn't have come up with that idea on my own Mm. but i love the idea so there, so the idea, like that thought of someone's going to tell me what to do, and I'm going to, they're going to fix me, quote unquote, is not how my style of coaching goes. We really become very keyed into that individual's current habits, ones that are working, ones that are no longer serving them, and then, kind of, you know, as the conversation and coaching process goes, something like that with the dry erase on a mirror comes to light. And a, and a new, you know, rejuvenated way of a list mm-hmm. is, you know, sparking that individual's, um, like, motivation to do it, you know, because the paper wasn't working.
0: Yeah, so just having it, it like having those three tasks mm-hmm. of the day in front of you, you know, where you're going to see them. Exactly. It serves as a, as a good reminder. Yeah, that's true, actually. And I've I found this works for me quite well as – as well, because yeah, I, I, and especially if they're not, I find a lot of like the to do type apps often don't work for me because of the distraction associated with the phone. So like mm-hmm. you, you know, if you pick yes. up your phone to check your to do list, suddenly it's like oh, there's a tweet for me or exactly. or, or a, some notification, and then you fall down the rabbit hole. Do you have any That's strategies it. associated with with technology and and maybe avoiding? distraction that way, because I mean, these, you know, smartphones and the apps are all designed to, you know, designed to really uh, hijack our attention and our time. So any any thoughts on that?
1: Exactly. I mean, they, that's what they're, I mean, that's their whole purpose is to, you know, engage us. Right. So Mm -hmm. if we do not want to be engaged in that, we know first that awareness detective piece, like how much time are you spending on your phone and how distracting is it? So one tactic um, I had a client um, come up with is all of her apps are off of her front home screen. They ha- she has to slide to get to the next one, mm-hmm. making it harder to get to the things that distract you um, can help. Like if the, you know, not having notifications for like the new tweet, unless that's really important. Like for some people, they need to know these things, mm. but knowing when you're going to pick that up. So I'm going to pick that up at top of the hour or, you know, I'm only like that discipline. So that's another thing that like with coaching is really working on discipline, like what is it, you know, in your life that you need to be disciplined to, Mm. um, or, you know, from, I guess we could say to, but it, it's, you know, so one of those tactics of make it harder to get to, you know, don't have like have to sign in so that you're not, you know, because that's, taking ease of access away from the distracting thing.
0: Hmm. So if you're
1: just wanting to be able to do your to-do list, that's the front and foremost thing right on the front of the phone. And, the you know, everything else is kind of buried in there in a way that you can still easily get to what you have to get to. So right. if you don't want to be on Facebook, make it a few pages in in a tab, make it a little bit harder to just not easily click on. Cause that our, as soon as our brand sees that we click, it's that instant. So you gotta make it a little bit harder to follow through on it. Like, cause that's a little self-check. Like, do I want to put my password in again?
0: Mm, yeah, I remember early on, I've I worked in, you know, digital marketing for a lot of my career. Uh, and I remember looking at advertising on Facebook back in the day. And one of the ads you could get was a full page ad on the logout page. And I was wow. like, who would go to the logout page? Nobody logs out of Facebook anymore. Like everybody's, wow. you, you, people are logged in all day. So yeah, logging out mm-hmm. might be a, a, a wise move there too. Yeah, logging
1: out is a challenge. Like people don't want to do it because it is it's absolute ease of access. So if you're trying to not do something, make it harder. If you are trying to do something, find a way to make it easier, easier, easier.
0: Mm, What are some other ways to make things easier for, you know, for adults? Uh, you know, some, you know, to, yeah, some steps to make it easier.
1: So I think one, it depends on what you're trying to make easier. So if you're trying to become more time aware, you know, a lot of times noise like a chiming clock, you know, might help or, you know, building in, um, Some sort of like they have different apps for clocks, you know, on your phone that'll Mm -hmm. chime on the top of the hour, the bottom of the hour, whatever you might need just to build in some um, sensory awareness of time, Um, like the different types of clocks, digital or analog. Mm -hmm. Um, Being able to see time move is another thing that is helpful. You know, people use the Pomodoro method for getting work done. So that's like that ability to start using time to fit your needs. Uh, planning, you know, it, it's actually having that ability to sit down, you know, whether it's on a Sunday or once, a, uh, you know, first thing in the morning, or if you need to think about it the day before, what is it you're going to do next? So mm. that could be like, what am I going to do next would be for tomorrow? What do I have on my, my schedule? Um, that, that's really helpful for business professionals who might not have those skills built in for planning ahead for their meetings. Like, up, at the, you know, the reminder always comes 10 minutes before and they're not ready. Mm. Building in a new reminder. I caution uh, my clients to be mindful of the reminders, that they're not training their brain to swipe left. You know, it is important that if you put a reminder in there, it is something that you're going to want and choose to let your attention be drawn to, mm. not just ignore it. Because everything we do, we're really just retraining or we're training our brain. pathways, we're laying more and more of it down. So if we do something the same way and it's not serving us, then we have to find the new way that will serve us, not train our brain to keep doing it the way that's not helpful. Mm. So, you know, reminders are great but how do you use them? Same thing with alarms. If you're putting an alarm on your phone and you just ignore it or snooze, it's the same purpose of training your brain to not pay attention to that. So I I caution anyone who's trying new techniques, just let them be playful. Let it be an experiential learning thing. Like, yep, that worked. No, that didn't. One thing here worked. And then you bring some other, you know, it's like the mirror with the dry erase, you know, bringing two things. It's instead of the whiteboard, it was the dry erase board. My Mm. whiteboard is on my door going out to the garage. I see it every time I walk out there and I know what's in, you know, like I have to catch my memory. I just, I externalize it.
0: Yeah, that's wise. That's really wise. With the, uh, you mentioned in there the Pomodoro method and Mm -hmm. uh, for listeners not familiar, can you explain what that is?
1: Sure. So, I mean, there's different philosophies on the time frame, but it is basically pick a, a, a chunk of time that you're going to work and then pick a chunk of time that you're going to rest or take a break. When I use this method and, and help my clients learn about how to implement it in their life, I'm, I caution to not go more than 30 minutes because that's about what the brain attention can, you know, is healthy for the brain mm. to stay focused on something. And then to take a five to ten minute break, but not to just be distracted by something else. Not to, you know, go to the your phone, because that is not actually giving yourself brain recharging. I have you know, I teach my clients through the positive intelligence program how to really use presence to get back into their body, how to use their senses to just notice what's around them to build attention. So when there's attention deficit, we want to build attention. Well, how do we build attention? It's by learning how to listen to our body. Our body is full of stimuli and taking in so much, we often don't pay attention to. So that 10 minutes is really to recharge the brain and then get back to work again. So, there's a lot on the internet about the tech, you know, different techniques and how to go about it, but it's basically, you know, you can get up, move around for 10 minutes or how, whatever your time frame is. Mm. And then you set, then you're right back at it. You get right back into what you were doing.
0: Yeah. I've been meaning to try that for a long time. I've done different methods, but I like the idea and I just haven't bought it. But, but the, uh, the the Pomodoro method actually comes from like, I believe that's Italian for tomato, right? It comes from like a, t- <laughs> a tomato timer. I could be making that up. And I apologize to our Italian <laughs> listeners. Uh, <laughs> I might have completely just butchered that. But
1: well, now I'm going to totally look it up because I'm not sure myself. So now yeah. I'm intrigued.
0: Pomodoro. Yeah, I thought yeah. It, I I thought it was tomato. But um, yeah, there is like a red tomato timer that you can buy. Um, mm-hmm. And and that has this set. and there's other like alarms you could buy that actually have these presets kind of created for this this specific reason. Um, yeah, I have a friend of mine actually who and I wish I did this when I wrote my book and and I will probably do it. I, in fact I will do it when I write my next book, which is um, she and like two other author friends so like three authors um, would uh, have a zoom call together. And, and following the Pomodoro method, they would spend like, I think it was 20 or maybe 30 minutes writing and then five minute breaks to talk. Mm-hmm. And so, but they, they were on camera with one another holding each other accountable. So it was like, okay, shut up. We can't talk. Wor- mm-hmm. Work. Write. And so, you know, they would go off. The, they'd still be on camera, but they'd be, you know, hammering their keyboard or researching or whatever. And then after writing, after the timer went off, they would like reconvene and share and just, you know, kind of talk about whatever and then after that 5 minute break get back to it. Yep. Um so, yeah, and and that I this is not I don't know if any of them have ADHD or not, but I I thought that was a pretty interesting uh idea.
1: No, that's a great one. And in fact, I know I think there's a coach who uses this in her coaching where she will, for decluttering or for um, getting your ho- your home organized or cleaned up, mm. you, you know, form a group of um, whomever it is. You sign in, you go to Zoom link, you're going to clean for a period of time, you're going to declutter for a period of time, and then everybody's going to chat for five minutes to get the break, and then everybody's going to go off to do their thing. It's that accountability. Mm. It's holding accountability for each other because you're all doing like-minded things, and you're all accomplishing something. And it really – it. It really does work. It's um, a beautiful way of bringing technology and and accomplishing a common good. And I love that you you know shared about the authors you know because writing a book on your own can be very challenging.
0: Oh, trust me, I know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> oh my gosh!
0: Like to talk, like uh, yeah, it's incredible because I mean, I I did write the book, my first book before. I was diagnosed with ADHD and, and, and or medicated or anything. So I, I, it's a miracle that I actually pulled it off somehow and it got good reviews. So yeah, that's awesome. There you hey,
1: go. I mean, and that's the thing, like, so that's the thing. You can accomplish things like write the book and it was hard. And then now that you know more about yourself and you have hopefully more strategies that work for you than when you write your second book and future books, You'll have n- new tools and won't have to fight the process so hard, and that's yeah. what you know. That's why ADHD life coaching is great, is because you're working really hard together to make life easier to do all those things that you want to do. So mm. you're not having to make it, you know, this horrible, hard thing um, to create something that ended up being. You know, wonderful for the community. I mean, getting good reviews, it's serving other people. That's a great thing. I'm sure the next will do it, and you'll have hopefully a little bit more ease and flow in the process.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you've mentioned the uh, positive intelligence program, and and I know uh, you know a little bit about how you know it's really designed to enhance mental fitness, and it cultivates a positive uh, mindset um and 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 to sort of overcome those negative thoughts which i i know is are especially prevalent in folks with ADHD and i'm the first to to admit to that as i mentioned like when i was writing my book new business networking i was going through like all this self doubt and imposter syndrome and all this and I reached out to other author friends and they were all they all agreed like this is part of the process of writing a book. You're gonna go through self-doubt and and all this and imposter syndrome. But of course, that that can be like, you know, up to eleven for folks with ADHD. Mm-hmm. And it certainly was that high for me. So tell tell us a little bit about the positive intelligence program and how it works and you know and, and how it can benefit folks.
1: Sure. So the Positive Intelligence Program was developed by um, Shirzah Jameen and has grown immensely since, you know, he founded it. It is basically a mental fitness app that I guide my clients through. Um, so it's, uh, you can use it on your phone or your desktop or your computer. And it's a seven-week um, initial boot camp, so to speak of identifying the nine saboteur thinking habits we all have, um, along with our judge of ourselves, circumstances, and others, and really understanding where these, you know, habits of thinking, there are you know, these characters, so to speak, you know, like an avoider or a restless or um, the pleaser, hyperachiever, there's nine of them, and where they started in our childhood to help us stay safe. You know, our brains are wired, you know, fear wired. We, you know, the fight, flight, freeze is, you know, instinctive and strong. And that all comes from surviving. The ADHD brain wants to survive, you know, is that, you know, shiny new thing, you know, or really trying to make sure that you're not just basing life through fear action. Like, you know, am I doing this out of fear? Hmm. Am I avoiding writing the book or publishing the book out of fear? Um, so identifying how those saboteurs act in our life and what is, you know, at our highest level, usually, you know, your judge and your top two show up pretty consistently. They're the habits that you formed as a child to survive. And they're really your, you know, your greatest strengths just used in overdrive. You know, like they're, they're not serving you at, at their best. So through mental fitness, which is really getting into your awareness of your body, um, understanding and, and recognizing your, your, um, the sensations that you're feeling, mm. um, shifting where the brain is firing. That's what's happening. So when you're thinking about the negative side and all your saboteurs are showing up, that's a different area of your brain that's firing. So when you start getting into your body and noticing senses and hear, you know, what do you hear? What are you smelling? You know, what, what's your body feel like when you start using that part of your brain? Then you're more, you're, you can move towards the positive thinking, which is what you know, Shirzad calls towards your sage powers, where you can be able to have empathy for yourself or others. You can learn to explore what's happening, be more innovative, navigate through problems, and activate. All those areas are so needed in mm. the ADHD brain. So pairing this with ADHD um, clients who are struggling with their own self-awareness and their own emotional, you know, dysregulation has been a huge benefit because they are starting to recognize what they're thinking. They're catching it by being more aware of their body, which is building that attention. And they're moving towards these areas that are, you know, going to benefit them greater by being creative, which a lot, you know, and tapping into ways to navigate forward, which is planning hmm. how to activate. That's motivation. So really, training some of those weaker areas by activating that part of the brain.
0: So you go through this process, I uh, with your with your clients. Is that part of the beginning stages? Like you 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 start to work with a client and they. You you go through the the PQ mm-hmm. p- program with them. Yep. Is that right?
1: So what I do is right now I'm not I'm not doing it in a group format. I so work with my clients one on one right now, mm-hmm. um, because I feel like you know ADHD is very individual. So when we do the the seven weeks together, it's individual. Clients who start with me, we get to know each other, build that you know trust you know in the first month or so, and understanding of what's showing up. Building some awareness, and then they go into the program so that they can really start getting in tune with themselves. And you know, it's usually you know between you know three months of coaching, or most of my clients that go through the the PQ program with me will do six months, so that we can really build the foundation. But then they can go off and have the habits because you're rewiring the brain to serve you in a better way, and you need the time. You're pra- you've been practicing it for a lifetime the other way. Mm. This is you know a new way, and and I have cho- I mean, I've been doing it for two years myself. I'm I've you know just I'm certified in positive intelligence as a coach. I went through their mastery program so that I could see what this is like for me. Mm. You know if if I'm if I'm able to. Cause myself so that I don't go off the handle when X Y Z thing blows up in my family, then I'm I'm starting to notice that I'm I can essential myself without letting all the saboteur thoughts and habits they're there, that I can kind of calm the fire and you know so to speak instead of letting it just you know rage on. And we, um, it's mm-hmm. huge.
0: And when we talk, you you know, you've mentioned rewiring the brain a lot. Like, what does it mean to rewire the brain?
1: So I think rewiring, so you're absolutely right. You can't, you're not curing it because it's not, you, you, there's dopamine and, you know, there's a chemical imbalance, Mm -hmm. right? So it's not, it's not that you're rewiring it in the sense that all of a sudden you're going to have more dopamine. It is the rewiring piece is those instinctual habits that we develop, you know, over a course of our life wiring in the new habits and pairing the things that we want to do that are hard with the things that come easier and it, it's not necessarily that you're when I say rewiring that your chain you're going to cure your the ADHD aspect of the brain is supporting it's supporting it so you know if we have a negative mindset and that's where our brain wants to naturally go it we're not going to we're not going to intercept that until we, until we notice it. Mm-hmm. And when we notice that there's the voice there, then we are able to have a process. So like positive intelligence is a framework. It's something you follow for life because that's, you have to be intentional and aware. And if, if you're not, then you're going to go down the habit path. And whatever your habits are that you built is where you're going to go. Hmm. not that you're going to change the fact that you have ADHD and that you will have struggles. You're going to scaffold them with things that help move you in a direction where it's easier to live life in the way that the box is set for us in society.
0: It also helps to find community. Absolutely. Do you find that that you now as an ADHD coach, do you do you spot it in people constantly? <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, like like whether it's whether it's somebody at the grocery store uh-huh, or or, yeah. or what have you and you're you know because I I just just learning about this for myself I've started thinking like oh gosh yeah you know like I I know somebody who definitely is or or even when I announced uh so to of sp- I guess I kind of announced it with a blog post that I was diagnosed with ADHD and I Posted it on you know Facebook and so on, and had so many comments from friends who were like, "Oh yeah, I've always thought I do too." And I'm like, "Yeah, I know. Now yeah, I know you do. <laughs> um, do you do you do this? Do you do you spot this a lot in people?
1: You know, I I think I see the tendency. So it's not like I'm just that. Hmm. I wonder if they know or or have it because it. What I know is the people hide it. It's not something that like for you to come out and say it is huge. I think it's wonderful. I wish more people could own who they are. You know, it's hard to be vulnerable in this world, but as a coach, yes, you'll see like where you're talking to somebody or, or maybe you just gravitate towards people who are having conversation and you notice things that come up, um, or you work with people and you're like, gosh, life could be so much easier if, if they had, you know, some, some tools for that. Uh, I think, it's anytime, it's like the red car, like you buy a red car, and you <laughs> think you have the red car, and then all of a sudden everybody else has the same red car as you, and you're like, well, I thought I had the cool car. It, it's the. It's very similar. You start seeing something that you didn't pay attention to before as much as you do now. I What I kind of find funny is, you know, in my family... You know, we have a lot of animals. And so, you know, they're like, gosh, why do we have all these ADHD animals? We're rescuing all these ADHD animals. And I'm like, and so my kids think it's funny. Like they think our dog, I mean, he really does seem like he could be ADHD. His brain is all over in every which direction. (laughs) My other dog, she would just stay on her ball for the rest of her life. She loves it. So I do think that when we start knowing something, we start seeing it.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a great point. It's uh, absolutely um, tell, uh, and, and tell me a little bit about you for you personally, you've done a lot of travel. You've lived in multiple States across the country from Arizona. You're in Kentucky now. And have you, and I, I know you you're in rural Kentucky, you have horses and, and your dogs. So you mentioned, I think a pig and possibly a <laughs> goat, goat or goats. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. So tell me a little bit about that and, and maybe how it pertains to the work you do or, or the person you are.
1: Okay, so I grew up, my dad was in the Air Force, career Air Force, and so I got to move around. Um, I look at that as a privilege now, although as a kid I hated that, mm. um, and I, I was really um, exposed to different areas of our country and meeting a lot of different types of people and different cultures, which I think really enhanced who I am as a person um, that really, like, I really tend to see the good in all people. I really work hard to. Mm-hmm. And as far as, you know, it. I always wanted to have my animals at home. I've always loved animals, even from early age until now. Um, they've been a grounding, you know, force for me. I had horses, you know, when I was young and a teenager. kept me out of trouble. Um, so when I had children, I wanted to give them the same thing of the opportunity to be loved, you know, so unconditionally by something and we, my husband and I, um, both have always loved horses for a long time. And we've found this little place in outside of Lexington, Kentucky. And it's our little oasis. And it, yes, we have a pet pig who is best friends with my horse. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I, I, you know, these oddities. Um, my daughter ha- is, doing chickens and we, you know, we did the 4-H thing with goats. But what it really helped with when my kids were younger was having something else that they needed to be responsible for that was bigger and outside of themselves really gave them that, um, that motivation to, to learn some of these skills, to learn how to control their emotions because you can't behave a certain way around certain animals, um, how to, you know, follow through on getting up and feeding and taking care of things. So, I think for how that translates, you know, to people who I coach is, you know, being able to just know that there's other things outside of the out of ourselves that are important for us to follow through on. That could be a plant. You know, it can be as as small as that or a fish bowl, you know, where you have a little pet fish. And if you have kids, you, you know, can be able to foster some care within your children by giving them that opportunity to have animals. For me, it's just been um, something that I just deeply care about. And at one point I was going to use the horses for coaching. Then COVID happened right when I was launching my business and that kind of went to the, to the wayside, unfortunately, and it mm-hmm. has taken off in a different direction and I just feel that you know we're on a journey. I've gone the way I've gone because that's where where life is taking me right now. Um, but it's been it's been is a big part of who I am. I wear a lot of hats in my life, um, which I think helps me identify with the clientele who have great ideas and want to do things and, and maybe have their hands in a lot of different areas. How to manage that so you can manage the stress, so you can know when to take one hat off and put on another um how to be present in your interests and and follow through with it and, and self care is a huge thing which we haven't even mentioned. For ADHD most of the time that's falling well by the wayside. Part of my self care is is going out there and being with my animals. They give me a lot of joy.
0: I'm sure they do. My, my our little Peggy does too. Our mini Aussie, uh, oh, she's yeah. a bundle bundle of fun. Oh, uh, I bet. <laughs> um, was there anything I didn't ask you about that you wanted to maybe discuss? Or are you feeling feeling good?
1: You know, I I feel great. I I, I guess like just this your choice to put this together and to bring you know the the community to understand what's available, you know, share the strategies, share options so that people who have, you know, neurodivergent brains can access their greatest ability and move forward. I think it's beautiful. And I, I love the space that you're creating. Um, I would just say, you know, for anybody who is is stuck, maybe they aren't diagnosed, but they think maybe they have ADHD or, they just are starting to recognize the things they're struggling with, that there are different ways of doing things that make a difference. And what one person says works does not, if it doesn't work for you doesn't mean that it's bad or that you're bad. It just means you got to tweak that just some. It might not be even that much. The other thing is what works today might not work tomorrow. So that frustration level of just instead being curious and finding that self-love, I think is huge. Um, because I think that shame just takes over. And I, I don't want, I, I, if I could dispel anything, it would be to take that away and have people find love for themselves and what is great within them.
0: That's great. Thank you, Cindy, so much. Yeah, it's been such a pleasure. How can folks get a hold of you or learn more about what you do?
1: Sure. So I do have a website. It's empowerm3.com. And um, they can reach out to me by email, Cindy, C-I-N-D-Y at uh, empowerm3.com and um, I'm on Instagram and Facebook and um, LinkedIn I mean shoot me a message I'm here to serve and help people in any way I can and if it doesn't fit if I'm not the right person I want to help people find it so um, even if I'm not stepping stone however people can get what they need is what I want for them.
0: That's really helpful. Thank you. I'll make sure to keep or include the notes to everything we talked about here in the show notes. So folks can click the link over and visit you and reach out. So Cindy, thank you so much for your time today. This has been really helpful.
1: You are very welcome, Dave. I appreciate all you're doing and look forward to listening to what you put together for our community. I'll be an active listener.
0: Thanks for listening to Wise Squirrels. I'm Dave Delaney. The music to the show is Unyielding Conditioning by the one and only Fishbone. And you can find that song and all of Fishbone's music wherever you stream music. We thank them for this. We love Fishbone. Are you a wise squirrel? Visit wisequirrels.com to find out. And let's keep the conversation going. I'll see you there.